Listen, by now you know that if you hear my voice before the episode starts, I'm about to lay a disclaimer on you. And typically, it sounds something like, oh, this is going to be a very heavy subject, and a lot of emotions are going to be running high, and blah, blah, blah. That's not the case with this one. We're just going to cuss a bunch, because... That's what we do sometimes. So don't expect any kind of revelations or anything like that out of this episode. Just a lot of profanity. Buckle up, kids. Wait, nope, not kids. Get no kids. Get the kids out of the room. You, adult listener, buckle up. We're going to cuss. A lot. I'm Ren Young. And I'm Katrina Vargas. And And this this is That Other F Word. Okay, <laughs> here we are. So, last year, last October, we had some fun Halloween episodes and we did a whole episode on witches. And we talked for a long, long time. And then at the end, we were like, huh, maybe we should have talked to somebody who actually practices witchcraft. Like, maybe that would have been a good idea in our episode about witchcraft. Like always with us, all we do is just talk shit about stuff we look up on the internet so well it was very similar to the reaction we had after our serial killer episode when we thought well, we should probably just talk to a serial killer bring a serial killer onto the show sure. yeah yeah do we know many serial killers just out of curiosity i mean it could be could be helpful I'm, maybe you, you really there's no way of judging until it comes out in the news like we well, could all know three or four katrina is speaking. one I'm sure we do. I've got a huge backyard with great plants. So, like I said, Katrina is an actual probably me. <laughs> Closeted. You're you're psychopath enough for me, Mitch. But <laughs> so we, Katrina and I, consulted our very talented producer, Mitch Wheeler, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> he found us. Some really awesome new friends, Reverend Wade and Cassandra. Cassandra, I, I specifically asked you that. No, you did. You, did. you right. definitely right. asked moments before we started recording. It's fine. It's one of those names um, that can be lots of things, and we have to yeah. do it right. I blame Mitch. Um, but they actually have their own podcast, uh, Witchcraft. Witchcraft. I, I give up. I'm like... I'm I'm done because of Mitch's shenanigans. I, I'll say it's who's witchcraft. the drunk one right now? Like, I, like Gosh. I'm the one that was drinking three hours ago. Okay. You know what? Here's your prize. Um, it's witchcraft deconstructed. For those of you watching this on Zoom, we're so sorry the recording of it. Mitchell is playing with filters, so better if you're actually listening to this on the podcast app. Um, we started listening to you guys when Mitch said you were in to do this episode. And I think we've all, we haven't had time to, this was so quick. We haven't had time to listen to everything, but what we've listened to, like we've loved. So, you know, it's, it's cool. It's fun. And, you know, first welcome. And thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us. It's always fun to get to talk uh, a little witchcraft with, with people. (laughs) Thanks for right. It's Absolutely. kind of like, well, we felt like, and you know, we have to explain like why we're feminists all the time. And that's kind of what we're here for. And then Ren and I were talking before you, we started, like, I'm sure you guys have to explain what that means, what it means to be a witch. Um, oh, all the time. Definitely. You know. No. And it, it's and always you're, 
keep going. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the last time I was home, one of my my mother's friends who who was trying to be open and accepting at a, a family meal was like, "But you're a good witch, right?" <laughs> and I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> They're picturing that's Wizard of Oz. You're Glinda, right. and that. I'm like, do I, do I look like a Glinda to you? Like, <laughs> I think that my is a question idea that comes good. up. Yeah, it is. But I think my like, idea. What type of witch are you? And and right now, there's a bit of a I'll call it a fad. Sure, there's like, are you a kitchen witch or a green witch? And generally, I'll come back and go, look, just try, try and be a good witch. And if you can't be a good witch, be like a sandwich because nobody hates a fairly decent sandwich. <laughs> but you know, it, it's. It's this idea that there are types and it's just kind of like if you're a good human being that kind of guides everything else so start there first that's funny you say that because i so i listened to a youtube video the other day that was talking about all the different kinds of witches so that's not really a thing it's as much of a thing as people make it how about that okay <laughs> it's really funny so i've i've done a terrible thing lately and i i will say before I talk about this at all, that I'm way too old for this, and I acknowledge that. Um, <laughs> but I, I recently created a TikTok account because I was so confused about this whole situation, and I, I wanted to like figure this out, right? And I can't tell you that I figured TikTok out, but I am enjoying it. But um, <laughs> which TikTok is sort of a hilarious thing for me as an older person and it, it's kind of exactly this the like what type of witch are you and you know then you've got all the your your like styles like cottage core um and i'm just like what is this like is this that, like, was hardcore even... cottage? is that <laughs> yes, what that is? It's, it's like fairy tale you know where everything is your your fairy tale uh you know uh style and your it's the whole thing and it's been really crazy to kind of just watch the slightly younger generations kind of do some of this stuff i mean and they're having so much fun with it and like you know go for it like do it like if you want to have a style if you want to be that sort of witch like go for it um i you I know mean that sort of witch <laughs> whatever that, that sort witch. is what right maybe right? you just take a buzzfeed quiz and that tells you what kind of witch you are and then you go from there. this is like how you choose your your yes yeah your harry potter house right yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's exactly it well it, you know it's not the some i mean in in those ways you know we do have those parallels like where we have lots of different kinds of feminists and it's different generationally and what the ideas of and the older versus the younger um and all of that and so it just seems like that's happening with witchcraft too oh definitely um i would say too in terms of american witchcraft we are on what maybe the fifth or even sixth generation of uh witchcraft in america um, and it's it's interesting because you know here things are still so new in comparison, right? I mean we can we can have the whole yeah. argue on historical witchcraft and modern witchcraft and all of that and the, the history of modern witchcraft, um, but of course here it's a little bit newer. And so I'm still on the tail end of like third, maybe into the fourth generation of witchcraft. Chris, you might be a little bit higher than me, but then we now have kids who were actually born and raised right by pagan parents which like when i was first practicing was still kind of a really like new thing or at least they were still really little most people you know they've come to it later in life they've come from other religions they've come from other spiritual spiritual paths um and so now i think we're going to see some really interesting things in terms of american witchcraft because now you've got kids who were born and raised in it and are doing their own things with it from a very different perspective than like me who came to it later in life, right? 
Um, and I think that's really going to change sort of the face of witchcraft today. And um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see like where we go with it. <laughs> like what comes next? So I think people have, one thing we talked about last year was there's just like so many different ideas about what witchcraft is, right? Like, cause even when people talk about it, like in the episode last time I talked about like, you know, there's like pop culture witchcraft, there's like that, which is a thing. And then there's people who actually practice witchcraft. And then you've got like this historical idea of witchcraft. And could you, could you kind of clear up for people like who have no idea what they're talking about? Um, <laughs> When, when you talk about witchcraft, like, what are you really talking about? And, and kind of how does your day look different because you practice witchcraft? You know what I mean? Like, if you're just going through a normal day, what do you do differently because of your practice? Um, I mean, really, you want to take that? <laughs> well, I think we both can, right? Because I think we're both okay. going to have different answers, right? Um, so for me, witchcraft is very much a spiritual practice. Um, it's religion. Um, I mean, it's a lifestyle as well, right? Um, but, you know, instead of celebrating Christmas, I celebrate Yule. Um, I celebrate the Sabbaths. I celebrate the moons. Um, right now, um, I'm a solitary practitioner. I don't have a coven. Um, but in the past, I've always been a part of a coven structure. Um, and again, different traditions, different paths, they will tell you that that means very different things. Um, so for me, it's really trying to integrate um, and I don't want to say like I integrate witchcraft into everything I do, but I really try to make the things that I'm doing. Um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm lacking the word here. Um, intentional. Intentional. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Um, it's, it's very much for me, very much about intentional living um, and being kind of aware <laughs> of the world around us in a slightly different way. And Reverend Wade and I talk about this all the time because traditional Wicca, which is what I practice, um, and of course we can talk about traditional Wicca and like what that means and like people make fun of Wiccans and that's totally fine. I make fun of Wiccans all the time. Um, I think we can be made fun of just like any, you know, spiritual path, but um, a lot of it is about the agricultural cycle of the year, right? Um, so we just went through Mabin, which is the harvest. Um, how do you celebrate the harvest when you're living in New York City, which is where I'm at? Did you say Madden, like John Madden football? <laughs> oh, God. No, that's a new one, Chris. It's a new one. Um, wow. Mabin. Oh, that's... Mabin. Mabin. Oh, not Maybone. Not Maybone. Um, there's a lot of, uh, we joke a lot about pronunciations with some of these. These are a lot of old Celtic Gaelic words, uh, that people have a lot of difficulty with. So Mabin. Anything like they're pronounced. Well, it's, it's good. Cause I don't, I don't want to show anybody my bone. Oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that we want to see it either. A, inappropriate. <laughs> I assure a, inappropriate. You B, that's not true. Uh, you're right. Okay. It's fair. Every, every dude wants to show their my bone. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, well, I, it's funny you were talking about pronunciations. It's one of the things I noticed. I was listening to your uh, the brooms episode, and um, actually, the way you guys pronounce it's not terribly different than how we say it in Yiddish, which is Bejum. And um, I I listened. I was like, oh, very cool. Like, you know, and it it just it made a lot of times like here on on our podcast we say like we really focus on all our differences, but we're so much alike. And so many things really do like intersect and someone like me who it really isn't, I'm a much more spiritual person. When I read and, th and hear the things you guys do, it 
it really does strike a chord with me um, because I'm, I'm, I garden and I do all of these things and I do it all by accident, right? <laughs> because I'm not a, a strict practitioner of anything, but just total, you know, craziness. Well, it's, it's funny. So Katrina is Jewish. I'm Christian, but I'm like into Reiki. We're both all about like essential oil. Like Katrina is a witch. Uh, she just doesn't know it. Well, <laughs> So everybody's always said that to me and my whole family has always said we're all witches. No, um, no, 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 no. They, they, everybody <laughs> told you bitches. You just heard witches. Thank you so much for your contribution to this uh, episode. Yes. You're no. welcome. <laughs> it's what I'm here for. Do, do so you glad really, you're here. Uh, want to risk that one? I mean, if she's <laughs> a witch, uh, I feel like that's uh, not going to go so well for you later. So uh, when you're, you're <laughs> cat by the end of this podcast <laughs> um, and it's not just a filter we'll we'll know <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, as we like to say around here mitch's get stitches correct <laughs> and happy neighbor happy hood oh god okay until that goes terribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> some things you don't do man man sandra's <laughs> our people right here i'm the <laughs> Well, did we, um, Reverend Wade, did you want to talk about how, so then in your daily life, how you like are a practicing witch? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's, wow, that's a huge question. It's kind of like if you've done something for a long period of time, you don't even notice it's an integration into your life. And uh, I'm still learning new things. Like 35 years later, I'm still learning new things. I started this in the early 90s. So uh, there's a lot of room to explore, but the, you know, the core of it is, is, is I found this appealing because it took my view of the world and it fit my view a little bit more closely than I'd say any other particular faith that I was interested in or ended up looking at. And uh, what I mean by that is that it gives me more control over my universe. So when you, you talk to people about the allure of witchcraft, generally it comes from some inflated background or television show or, or some caricature where somebody has some sort of esoterical skill or knowledge or special powers that they can control their environment. And what I've really found is that there is a control over environment you can gain, but it's it, it has to do with how you shift your perspective and your worldview. And that's difficult to do because you kind of live within yourself. So you're almost using you know your your practice and your rituals and your daily movements to do a number of things including shifting your perspective like if you want to find love in your life then you need to shift your entire perspective so that you are able to see it because we filter so much stuff from our life uh, if you want wealth, you have to shift how you view yourself and the world around you so that you can see the opportunities come open that otherwise you just would not see. And, and strangely, once you kind of get into that mindset of, of using these uh, you know, rituals and methods and tools to kind of shift your frame of mind and your paradigm, then weird, seemingly ironic coincidences start to pop up certain songs will come up advertisements will come up you're some television show that is right in line with some subject that you had talked about that you've never mentioned before things start to oddly fall into place and kind of confirm the direction you're going in so for me it's daily like that like i daily run into these little signs um these good omens if you will 
uh, that kind of affirm the direction that I'm going because I'm, I'm kind of put that practice into my daily path. That's a lot of words. So it's not <laughs> Does that make sense though? Yes. Um, it is. It, it's a it's a change of perspective, right? Um, especially when you live in a society that is so heavily one way, right? Um, it's a different, it's a slightly different viewpoint and it's just changing things just a little bit uh, to, at least for me to fit fit in better into myself and into the life I wanted. Um, and, you know, when you're teaching new students, when you have people who come to you uh, from very, very different backgrounds, a lot of that, the first year or so is really about just changing that perspective just a little bit. Um, you know, you don't have to believe in the gods. You don't have to, you know, practice magic. You don't have to do any anything stereotypical to being a witch. Um, but I think that just that little shift in perspective and also just kind of like you were saying uh, earlier, you know, I think a lot of these traditions and practices and, you know, folklore and all of that, like you find it worldwide, right? You find it in every culture. You know, it's like the broom is an excellent example. The broom is literally in every culture across the world in one way or another. Um, we all you have- You gotta get dirt out. Yeah, you gotta get yeah. dirt out. There's superstitions about the broom in every culture. Um, and I love that. I love that so much because even if what I see about the broom or the basam and how I use it is is not what you're doing, like it's still something that we can connect over and talk about. And how fun is yeah. that? <laughs> and the broom being a perfect example, one of the things that I love about this particular path is that it, it gives you the ability to really enjoy pulling out the esoteric from the common. And what I mean by that is like the chair I'm sitting in. If I really thought about it, I have no idea what went into making my chair. And this might sound very common, but I don't know where they got this fake leather from. I'm not exactly sure how they figured out how to, you know, get the steel just right and bend. You don't have to tell me what it is, Mitch. I'm sure you know. Well, it, but, well I was going to say there's a show called How It's Made. <laughs> how It's that Made. I really yes. encourage you to check out. It's on uh, the Discovery That's one of the Channel. I love I about that show. But like there, there are secrets that are even little niche things that even watching how it's made don't tell you. Like they don't tell you how they blend those metals together to get just the right form and, and keep me from falling onto the floor. So, you know, when we talk about witchcraft, we're really talking about figuring out and, and appreciating the Easter eggs that are nestled within the world around us. It, it gives you kind of this, this uh, meta level of fascination in a world that's otherwise taken for granted, I think, and even I do. Uh, and that are, goes often overlooked, right? And once you know that sort of Easter egg, now you can connect with other people that know that Easter egg, and you can even possibly leverage that information to produce something different than what people would expect. And that's what's called magic. So speaking of magic, um, oh you know, you calm down, you calm down. My knowledge is, is limited, uh, but- Well, that's apparent. <laughs> I haven't even started talking, Katrina. Your knowledge, you know what? Hold lack on. of knowledge is... Before I start this, because you want to talk shit, I'm going to put my eyebrows back on. Um, there are three specific paths of magic. Left hand, right hand, and chaos, right? Essentially. Again, this is what oh. you, you oh. make of it, right? 
it, it depends right. on the tradition you're coming from. Right. It, it depends on your background. It depends. There's a lot of pop culture <laughs> in what you just said, right? Um, and yeah, you'll certainly find people that will tell you that. I, I personally don't define my magical practice in any way, shape, or form. Um, for me, um, because of the particular path and tradition I practice, um, it's an ethical question of what I put out there comes back to me. So as long as I'm willing to accept that, the world's my oyster. Um, so, you know, well, again, it's going to depend on the witch you talk to. Right. Well, I think that was what you just said about what I put out there and what I take in is, is kind of where I was heading, where with a lot of chaos magic specifically, and, and this is, again, limited knowledge, but there's a lot of putting energy out into the universe and then letting it sit. I, I would yeah, say that that's... I call that dropping grenades. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, it's like going right. into a Facebook thread and, and making a comment that pisses everyone else off. Which Chris was <laughs> doing this morning, so... <laughs> right, so I practice my own form of chaos magic. But when we talk about like the right or left-handed path, and, and we talk about like what Cassandra touched on, which is intention. Mitch, I, I want to give you a task. Tomorrow, I only want you to use, first off, are you left-handed or right-handed? Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, as far as like writing and stuff is concerned, not like yeah, yeah. stuff. Right. Okay, great. So ambidextrous when we get in that kind of stuff, but sure. Oh, right. Everybody God. does the stranger. But, but tomorrow, tomorrow though, <laughs> I want you to just use your left hand for everything you would otherwise use your right hand. And here's what's going to happen. Tomorrow is going to be a longer day than today because you will be intentionally doing something that is that you're not used to doing, that's difficult, that's not normal. And your intention is going to refine your sort of refresh rate, if you will, on a daily basis. So the left-handed path wasn't meant to be wrong. It's not meant to be like a bad path. It's meant to be right. a path in which you do things that are different, that are contrary to what you're used to. It's meant to bring your, your sense of hyper-awareness and intention into laser focus and, and extends literally your perception of time. I hope that does that answer part of that question. I'm not sure. I don't oh, know no. that Mitch, I actually had a question. All of that. He's, but, you know, Mitch, uh, Mitch knows everything. You didn't know that already? <laughs> he knows all about your practice. He'll tell you all day. I mean, why do we even have them here, Mitchell? Well, then I am merely I, I mean, I offering was... you confirmation of what you already know, and I consider that valuable, too. They're just yeah. pretty faces. Hey, Mitch, hey, could you let me know, how did Reverend Wade and Cassandra get into witchcraft? Yeah, Cassandra, how did you do that? I don't know why I'm being attacked. <laughs> uh, well, in all Mr. seriousness, I was, all I was actually enjoying the conversation, but... Don't worry, you know what? Fuck no, me, right? Just ask them. Fuck me. It's cool. No. <laughs> Go ahead. So I guess, okay, so what Ren is getting at, minus Mitchell, so you guys obviously were not raised in the in this practice. How did, what, did you guys, I mean, were you looking for a spiritual connection? You know, a lot of us, <laughs> Mitch has gone rogue now, um, but, you know, a lot of people are look to find themselves. And then they try out different religions in different ways. What, yeah, what did that look like? I mean, did you go to the library and just start, go to the religious section and start reading the Quran and the Torah and the Bible and then found a witchcraft book, you know? So what, what did that look like? What, you know? 
Um, so I got kidnapped by pirates. Um, you know, which is as far as these things go, is is a pretty good way to go. Um, I got very lucky, um, and, and and that's that's a really simple simple answer. But um, I did get kidnapped by pirates in Ohio of all places, which is a very uh, landlocked <laughs> area. <laughs> um, no, I was raised in the Methodist church and um if you know anything about the methodists um they do not like to have fun <laughs> um <laughs> like in just about any way she perform uh my mother always used to joke that uh my great grandparents would play cards on the front porch and if a car came down the road they'd hide the cards because you couldn't be seen having fun and um that was sort of my background and uh even as a as a very small child i hated church like i hated it um, they had to bribe me. Um, apparently McDonald's was a good way to go back then. I would say McDonald's is still a pretty solid way to bribe me into anything. <laughs> um, if we're going to stop at Mickey D's on the way, like I'm, I'm pretty down. Um, <laughs> but, um, we got to, uh, let's see in, in, uh, in the Methodist church, at least my church that I grew up in, um, 12 was the age where you, uh, took confirmation, right? Which is where you are saying, I am old enough to say for myself that I am choosing to practice Methodism. And, um, I will give my parents Hold credit. Hold on a second, right? though. It's, as a Catholic, it's a little bit old. As an ex-Catholic, it was a little bit older. You're committing your entire belief system at the age of 12, but you're not allowed to drink or have sex. Sure. <laughs> where does that make sense? Well, it doesn't. I'm sorry. Go on. It doesn't. And Judaism but, uh, is 13. Same idea, though. Yes. Yeah. Same idea. Four. And you find you find this in a lot of, of religions, right? But um, I, I will give my my very conservative uh, parents this credit. Um, they asked me if I wanted to be confirmed, and I said no. And they did not push it. They didn't make me do it. They never made me go to church ever again. Um, and uh, for a very long time, you know, I didn't practice anything. Uh, but I'm old enough <laughs> in that I did not really grow up with the internet. That was not really a thing um, until so much later. Um, and so, you know, for a long time, there was just also this sense of like, I just didn't think there was anything else out there, really. You know, um, I mean, I'd heard of Wicca. I had a few friends in middle school who, you know, practiced, I say this in quotation marks, Wicca, who found Wicca, right? And it was like that phase that, you know, you kind of go through as a middle school girl of, you know, I'm a witch. Um, and I always like, it always resonated, but there wasn't really any information out there. I didn't know any, any real, again, I say that in quotation marks, real witches. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college um, and I actually had a sort of a health scare and a really serious bout with depression where I had to kind of rethink, redecide, redefine how I wanted to live my life. And again, that like that idea of intentional living, right? Um, and I sort of had to acknowledge that the spiritual was still important to me in that sense. Um, and after I graduated college, I found the pirates and uh, they're a very loosely affiliated group of people in Southern Ohio who you can find performing uh, pirate shanties if you want to see that. Uh, they're wonderful, wonderful people, um, but they're all practicing pagans. Um, of different flavors. Um, they would not define themselves as a coven, um, but all very much on the spiritual path. And that was my first actual introduction to uh, neo-paganism in this sense, and, and sort of was my introduction to, to this practice in this life. And I, you know, I kind of got into that and I was like, oh, this feels right. Like this, this feels like this is where I fit. 
um, and something clicked. And so, so that's sort of where I started. And that was years and years and years ago. Um, and of course, you know, the internet changes everything. And, uh, you know, just even having access to books, right? Um, you know, some of the basic books would have been, uh, uh, you know, at the library. Um, and I am a librarian. So books are always like my first go-to, you know, like where I'm going to go search for it. Um, but even that was so limited back then, you know, of course, uh, in terms of like the public library and what, you know, the public library in my very Bible Belt hometown would have carried, right? Um, so uh, now it's it's so marvelous to just have access to to anything in that sense. Um, and I mean, it's dangerous too, right? Because uh, then you're like overwhelmed and there's a lot of misinformation out there. But the fact that people can just get online now and Google it <laughs> and, uh, you know, find it, right? Um, and, and know that there are other people out there who, who are doing these things, I think is a, a really uh, important uh, thing that, you know, you know, Reverend Wayne and I certainly didn't have when we were getting started now that I've rambled on forever. <laughs> no, very cool. <laughs> um, I'd say uh, it, mine started as a kid because of a lot of, of weird things that popped up. Uh, and it had nothing to do with being Catholic at all. I actually enjoyed being Catholic for a good period of time. I didn't rebel against my faith. I didn't dislike it per se. I had a great priest. Um, I was an altar boy, uh, untouched, of course. Uh, and it, it uh, I was a spiritual person, but I kind of came down the road where it just, there were a lot of things that didn't make sense for me. And there were a lot of things that were happening at that time in my life. Um, a lot of instances of like thinking about someone, just something popping into my head and then immediately they call me. Uh, you know, moments where I'm sitting there and somebody says something and something flashes in my mind. I'm going to make a comment. And damn it, somebody else makes the exact same comment a moment before I do. Uh, and, and enough separation other where it's not like deja vu, right? Where you do have that mind trickery, you have a part of your brain working a little bit faster than the other perceiving it. Uh, and little things like that where, you know, I, if I just felt on for a moment, I could pull a card out and tell you what it was. Just, you know, and having taken statistics, having gone through college, how, understanding all of that, and understanding the, the more recent scientific explanations, it's still not what I consider to be a very valid uh, given, given those experiences. They still seemed uh, unusual, just, just odd. So for me, it was just sort of the sort of esoteric search for how can I do more of that? <laughs> how can I figure out what that is? How can I control that rather than it just occasionally turning on and me not knowing how to turn it on myself? Uh, and that kind of led me down that path. It led me going to the library and, and borrowing books for such an extended period of time now that I probably owe a small fortune to the library in Washington. But uh, my first book was uh, Raymond Buckland's Big Blue Book of Witchcraft, a complete book of witchcraft. And I looked at the book and it's a giant blue book, the kind that you know only fits on a coffee table and a giant pentacle in the middle of it. And I'm like, I'm totally cheesed out by this, but you know what, we're gonna read through it. I'll move on to the next faith and we'll figure something out. And I got to the end of that book and I was like, this really jives with me. You know, marketing cover aside, I, I really enjoy where this is coming from. This really kind of touches the part of me that loves being outdoors, that loves being connected with the seasons and, and, and camping and all of that. But also the part of me that, that really looks for, again, the sort of nested Easter eggs and that meta information that, that's nested within all things around us. Uh, and I just, I dug that. And there's a level of customization there. There's a level of, uh, uh, of personal ritual that, that you can implement. 
how that's just exciting and fun. So um, I, I moved away from my Catholic upbringing, not per se out of rebellion, but more of the fact that I felt like it wasn't very fair to call myself a Christian at that point. Because my faith, my, my personal beliefs had diverged so far from the core faith that to call myself Christian was a misrepresentation. Wouldn't be fair to somebody else who wanted to be Christian and would maybe take me as an example. And that's where my transformation bridged over. And eventually, I, I, you know, I basically dropped the title of I am Christian and moved into the title of, of I am pagan or I am witch or maybe at that very time it was I am Wiccan. Uh, and then it kind of evolved and moved beyond that. Well, and I think that, um, you know, there's having come from a, a, a Christian background too, um, there was always this, this thread through my family of, you know, there was even a, a point in time when my little teeny tiny grandmother looked at me and said, we see things other people don't. We don't talk about it. We do not talk about it. My father regularly talks to death. He will tell you that it is his guardian angel hanging out with him. And I'm like, no, dude, that's death. Like, you got death hanging out with you. Um, and so there was always this, you know, growing up, it was like, there are all these things that, that are happening, you know, whether they're real or not. And we're just going to ignore them and pretend like they're not happening um, and not acknowledge them. And you just, you just have to set that aside and ignore that piece of your intuition you know that that's talking to you about what you are experiencing and so I think when I came to paganism for the first time it was the first time where I could be like oh I can breathe you know like I have the freedom to acknowledge what I am experiencing no matter how crazy someone else might find it you know, like that's a really powerful thing. I don't have to hide this. I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not. I am powerful as a woman, you know, I'm not, you know, and then we can get into the whole, you know, sort of misogynistic, um, you know, giving give control of yourself to men, blah, blah whatever. But um, in the pagan community, I can be who I am and embrace the power of who I am in a way I never could before. Um, and I think a lot of people find that freedom and that power um, in the pagan community in a way that they don't find it in regular, normal American society, right? And I think that it really, it, it attracts and it draws a lot of people. And it can also cause a lot of drama, of course, because then you have people who, for the first time in their lives, have power and don't know what to do with it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's kind of a joke about, you know, coven drama, and I think a lot of it comes from, you know, it's it maybe, maybe not so much now, but at least, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it was you had women who had power for the first time in their lives. Um, and I think that as a community, we've really had to um, sort of reclaim and begin understanding what power means in that dynamic in a way that... Um, you know, hadn't really happened before. And it's been a really interesting part of the uh, a sort of American movement, right? Of who has power? What does that mean? How do we ethically, you know, handle having power? Um, but I think for, for, for me and a lot of the people I know who have also chosen this path, like that freedom over self has been a really big part of the transition. Um, and it's, it's funny because I'm very openly a witch. Um, I'm Wiccan at work. Um, everyone knows. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't hide it. My family knows. I'm out of the broom closet, as we say. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I've been very publicly a witch for a very long time. And, uh, you know, for me, I am able to do that. I, you know, I'm not worried about losing 
losing my job. I'm not worried about what my family is going to say to me. I'm not worried about being kicked out or whatever. Um, and there's still a lot of people here in the U.S. who you fear a lot of those things. Um, and so I think that it's a really important part of what I do too. Um, and part of why I podcast and part of why I've blogged and you know, part of why I, I am so openly a witch is to make sure other people see it and know that it is possible and to see that there are resources of information that I didn't have you know, when I was coming into this um, and that it's not a terrible thing and that sometimes there are people in your lives that you don't need in your life. <laughs> you know, If this is gonna be the thing that divides you from you know, people in your life, maybe they don't need to be there. Um, you know, it's, it's again, you don't have to be negative about it, but um, it, it's, it's just one of those things where there are people where I'm just like, you're going to give me a really hard time for having a different spiritual belief than you. It's okay if you're not in my life. So again, having that power and that freedom to say, this is who I am, whether you like it or not, is a really powerful thing. Well, that we're going to, you know, you, you touched on something we kind of had down in our list to talk about, but since you kind of already started, you know, talking about you know, witchcraft and like being, having feminine power and feminism, we, I think did when we've been talking about religions, we had a really hard time finding one that wasn't really patriarchal. And the one we thought just might not be quite as patriarchal was witchcraft and wicked and, you know, and so can you talk more about, I mean, this is a feminist podcast. We do talk, you know, so it is fine also to have Reverend Wade, who's a man who that whole thing. And I listened to a little bit of your, you know, a man can't be a witch. You know, we have all such strict just ideas in our head. And, you know, um, you know, we're in the Bible belt here and it's something I fight all the time. Again, what you were talking about and just you can be different. You don't have to be, call yourself everything everybody else does. You can be a feminist. You can be a male witch. Why, you know, all, so if you guys could kind of touch on just kind of that feminist female power type of thing, Reverend Wade, you being a male witch, you know, <laughs> do you have to explain that? Do you have to explain how you're both a dude and a witch, like, you know. Well, <laughs> well, here's the thing is the term witch is not is not gender specific, but it is related as gender specific, though. And, and uh, they're it, uh, the biggest thing that comes up is they're like, well, you know, if, if uh, women are witches, then are, are males warlocks. Right. And that's probably one of the larger questions, one of the larger confusions that comes up. And the fact that warlock itself does not necessarily mean masculine, pagan, or more so that it means uh, actually a liar or a, a betrayer. Okay. That's what that really means. Uh, and and there, there's potentially some history behind that in the sense of, uh, you know, and imagine, if you will, that somebody walked into your town and said, uh, okay, uh, we rule and we're men that rule and we're going to come into your town and we're going to roll over and we're going to own you and to control you, we're going to control your beliefs. Um, so all of the men who are spiritual leaders in your community convert or die. Um, and since, you know, men are the most important thing, uh, we're, not, we're just going to ignore the women, the women leaders of the group. And you can imagine what happens there. Men have two choices. Um, they and their family will be killed if they, if they stick to their guns or they convert and, and they betray, you know, their oath to their community. And thus a person who chooses that path of, of 
of converting and and betraying their initial path, their service to their community, um, is then deemed a betrayer, which is where where, where the word warlock comes from. So I don't I don't within the community like a male witch is just a witch. It's just it's just kind of we don't even think twice about it. Um, but to Cassandra's point earlier, as far as empowerment is concerned, it's it's a it's a nice environment. Like I don't know any male witches that that are have this sort of have any patriarchal notion about them. They have a deep respect and desire to be empowered themselves, but desire to see other people empowered. My high priestesses were as as inspirational, as leading, as guiding, as nurturing as any high priest that I worked with. Uh, they were equals. And sometimes, uh, you know, the, the female aspect was, was more leading in certain areas than the male, because, you know, there are certain things that, that both sides can speak to a little bit differently. So, uh, you know, if that's something that appeals to a person, again, it appealed to me, it made sense early on for me. Uh, that's part of the reason why I felt like this path was great, because it was like, we take equality and it should be a no-brainer. It shouldn't be an issue. We throw that out the window. Everyone's equal. Everyone should have the same kind of approach. Everyone should have the same right to empowerment. We take any differences there and toss it out because it doesn't matter. Now you're on an even ground and you move forward. And that's kind of what I really dig about this path amongst a number of things is that um, um, it allows you to interact with some very powerful people, male or female, and you love them both. And it's, it's, you know, one does not have more say or power than the other more often than not, other than what they're willing to express themselves. But there's a lot of open room for anyone to express themselves and empower themselves. And everybody gives the ability to do that. Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion of that other F word. Those fingers in my hair that sly come hither stare. That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft